You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Morok! Soon enough, Iron Man will fall into our trap. Ah, ah, Mandarin, there seems to be one slight problem. Iron Man is too busy listening to Van Hall's podcast. Nothing must intervene with my and Iron Man's destiny. Ah, ah, it is unavoidable, Lord Mandarin. Even Ultimo listens to Vainhole's podcast. Rejoice! I am Ultimo, and Vainhole's podcast is by Deliverer. Ah, what can you do? Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek Crabb, and you are listening to the most awesome armor-filled episode of Fan Holes Podcast ever. Uh, by the time this podcast is released, this will be in conjunction with the May 3rd, 2013 release of Iron Man 3. So that should be out in theaters when you're hearing this now. And uh, in honor of that, we're going to be doing a whole podcast dedicated to Iron Man. So, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, the Fandle's favorite suit of Iron Man armor, you know, our favorite Iron Man comic book stories, talking about our favorite Iron Man villains, and, you know, any other kind of, you know, TV, toy, video game, movie type discussion we can, uh, you know, regale you with. So, uh, you know, we'll just get into it. And, uh, you know, joining me also here today are two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys? Hey, this is Mike, and Tony Stark built this podcast in a cave with a box of scraps. And this is Justin Grimlock. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never so, said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm-mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and... Uh, Fantastic. So, uh, Iron Man, guys, uh, are, are, are we excited about Iron Man 3, just to briefly delve into it? I mean, this is why we're kind of doing the podcast, but is everybody kind of looking um, forward to Iron Man 3? I don't know. I was told it was a pale imitation of the Nolan Batman movies. So. Yeah, 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 I heard that as well, <laughs> that, that Iron Man cannot be a, a guy who falls from grace and then redeems himself or whatever, but... We, I guess we'll have to see, you know, on, on May 3rd. <laughs> Has that even happened in the comics? I mean... No, I don't think he's ever... I don't think that's ever happened to Tony Stark. Stark. <laughs> like, where, you know, he, he undergoes some, like, deep 
trauma or yeah, normally you know, normally he drinks Perrier and uh, and he never has any problems actually. Always <laughs> good good things that happen to him and for him. People don't like rising from ashes. Drives up dry cleaning bills. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, why, why don't we uh, start off with the whole uh, what's your favorite Iron Man suit of armor? And I'm just gonna go down my uh, Skype list and uh, I'll start off with Justin since he's first on the list, and I'll just ask him, uh, you know, what, what's your favorite suit of armor? And, and who knows, you may have lots of honorary mentions and stuff like that, because maybe it's a hard choice for some people. Yeah, I do have a lot of honorary mentions. Um, like, I'll just go ahead and say this. Like, I kind of like the infamous smokestack armor. Like, um, when Heroes Are Born came out, I thought that was, like, a really neat design. And then over the years, I kind of see it's kind of uh, ridiculous. But I still have a little uh, appreciation for it, I guess, in some ways. Who who designed that armor? I, I, it's hard to, for me to, because mm. I'm like, it, I know that book was done by Jim Lee and Willis Portacio, but I don't know, or Portacio, I don't know. But I, I don't know who, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not exactly, like, yeah, somebody, I was like, somebody I was may have, you know, who knows, maybe Rob Liefeld drew something on a chicken scratch, and they just went, <laughs> like, I don't. Like I don't really know, like who you know. I'm I, I would harbor a guess that it's either Jim Lee or, or Wills that designed it, but I could be wrong. Like I don't know. I also like the Mark Eight armor, which is like the armor he used, like for you know, like half the early nineties, I guess. Like the armor right before the modular armor that was like in the TV shows and you know video games and stuff. Like I, I prefer. I know a lot of people like the modular armor, but I kind of prefer the Marcato armor over that. So wait, are you talking about? Because uh, that is the modular armor. Like if you're talking about the same one that's in the cartoon and stuff. Is it? Well, didn't didn't? Yeah. Well, but didn't? Well, okay. I I don't want to get all technical about it, but is the one that Justin's talking about? Does that have a mouth or does that not have a mouth? It doesn't have a mouth. The one I'm talking about. And the one in the cartoon. I mean, no. It, it does right? have a mouth. <laughs> okay. So the one that, oh, it does all I'm saying mouth. is the one that has a mouth is the one that's in the cartoon, but the one that doesn't have a mouth is looks very similar to the cartoon but doesn't have a mouth. I don't know. Uh, it gets I, it gets well it gets kind of complicated, yeah, yeah cuz the one in the first season of the cartoon, that was the modular armor, but it had a mouth where like the modular armor does not have a mouth. Like uh, okay. they they change the head design. Yeah, so I mean, but, does, that, does that still count as the same suit of armor, or do you count it as a totally different suit of armor? Because I figured... I don't, I don't know, I just kind of... I figured... Like, I, I was like, it was 90% the same, so I was like, yeah. Wait, I, I just want to be clear, because isn't this the one that he... Uh, Justin, the one that you're saying is your favorite is the one that came right after the Silver Centurion armor, right? The one that, like, John yeah. Romita Jr. drew and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that, okay. So, so that's the one. Like for for people who follow toys, if you ever bought the Toy Biz Iron Man armor, where like his chest comes off and his headpiece comes off, and then he's just like naked Tony Stark or whatever for some <laughs> reason, like with like Iron Man pants, like that's the armor <laughs> that that Justin's talking about, pretty much. 
the one I'm calling the modular armor, like I'm like I'm referring to like the Marvel Wikipedia, like for reference. But the modular armor is the one that showed up in like number three hundred at like until yeah. the crossing. Like that's that's the yeah. one I like that I remember from like the cartoon and the you know video games. And stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the one I was referring to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the Mark Eight is not that. Then, right? I don't like the toy designations might make it like. Difficult, or I'm not sure, like how the how accurate the toy designations are. Well, because the one the one that it, well, I don't know, I I see what Justin's saying. Like he's saying it's the he's talking about the modular armor, and so on the the Marvel Wiki, the the mo, ugh, I can't even say it right. Uh, the modular armor is a separate listing from the Mach Eight, and the Mach Eight's the one he had like that was right after the the I guess what you call the Mach. Uh, seven, which is the Silver Centurion armor or whatever, but like the, the they're calling the one without the mouth the Telepresence armor on the uh, the wiki here. Yeah, the the Telepresence was the one that was right before the modular. Right, right. I yeah. think like it had it had uh, the yellow pants instead of the red pants, okay, and yeah. it has a I know it has the circle instead of the pentagram. Right, and it doesn't really have like a so. mouth on it either, so. Yeah, that one showed up in Spider in the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, I oh, think. Okay. But like, because he had, that one, like that one looks almost exactly like the modular armor, except it has yeah, tweets, like the yellow right? pants, yeah, and a and a circle instead of the pentagram. Okay, I could see why the modular armor would be people's favorite because it was that was the armor that was the most heavily featured on the the animated series, you know, which a lot of people... Yeah. I'm assuming you, you guys obviously re- just started reading comics and kind of grew up with that cartoon, right? So, yeah. And that's yeah. that's something that you guys would, you know, have been seeing, like, you know, I don't know what, every every Saturday or whenever whenever that show came on, you know? So. Just, like, a few more honorable mentions. Like, I also like the, the armor he used in the 70s, which they call, like, the Mark V armor in this wiki. Which, you know, I think this is the one that, like, when you see the cover of, like, Iron Man number one or whatever, like, that's that's the suit I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also like the one that he started wearing, um, uh, Heroes Return, like, the Kurt Busiek run. Like, I really like that armor quite a bit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good armor as well. What they call that the, the hear, Renaissance yeah. armor? It looks yeah, like. I was gonna say, everyone always calls that the Renaissance armor for I, some I reason. Don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. Well, it's probably because it kind of hails. I don't know. I would, if I had to make an educated guess, not being an Iron Man expert or whatever. I mean, I would kind of say it hails back to the Mark III armor because you know it kind of has that little uh, sort of. I I don't know how you call it, but that kind of pivot in the head piece and everything, like the pointy, yeah, the pointy mask, and and it kind of goes back to that. I guess what on that wiki, what they refer to as the Mark III armor, where he kind of has the pointy little faceplate or whatever. He's got like the the Tron detailing, yeah, almost yeah. like it. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I mean, or, or were you done with honorable mentions, Justin? Um, I'll just say like his newest armor, the golden black that he started using. Like when I first saw it, I didn't really like it, but it's really grown on me since then. So I kind of like grown to appreciate it. What about you, Mike? Like, what's, I mean, do you, do you have anything, uh, it's funny, the wiki calls it Model 40, like, that's a catchy name, um, but uh, what, what about you, Mike? What do you, what are your thoughts on, like, what are your favorite suits of armor? 
Man, Justin like stole all of mine. Like, <laughs> no, I was, well, but you 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 are you are in fact secret blood brothers because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. A lot of a lot of similar. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, it's true. We're secret brothers on a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, the modular is definitely my absolute favorite. Not only is it the one like mostly you see in the cartoon, but you know in Marvel versus Capcom and stuff, he uses it and. Uh, most of the action figures of that time, he had it in, uh, well, what was I going to say? In most of the comics of that time, he was wearing it, like, that I w- grew up reading. So, yeah, I really love the modular armor. I, I think, I don't know, when I think of Iron Man, I think of that. And, yeah, the, like, the first season of the cartoon, it had it, but it made it, like, lame by putting giving him a mouth on it. Because I always thought it was cool that it had no mouth. It looked, uh, I don't know, like, Transformer-ish, I guess. That's probably how I imprinted on it or something. But... Yeah, and I also love, yeah, like the Renaissance armor or whatever, the Hero's Return armor. That one, like, looked cool. and Or I guess you could also call it, like, the Sentient armor or whatever, because that's the one that, like, you know, got a life of its own. I know you were going to shudder, yeah. <laughs> I, but, no, no, no. Um, I like I like the the armor and everything. I just I I think that runs kind of silly, but yeah. It's um I I like the extremist armor, like the 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 initial one. Like he had that for a good long while, and that seems to be what like the movie armors were all yeah, like kind yeah. of took their cues from. And I guess like yeah, and like Justin said, I think the current armor looks pretty cool, even though it, it's it, I guess it's kind of just a like black and gold spray paint of the extremist armor, kind of like with a few tweaks. But you know, it it's still you know black always looks cool on any like costume, you know, like Spider Man's like costume or whatever. So you know, it works for Iron Man too. So and. Uh, a uh, honorable mention, I guess, to like War Machine and stuff, because you know Tony wore that for like you know a brief stint before he get passed it off to you know James Rhodes. So I like the War Machine armor, and I I, I like the uh, the variant that James Rhodes wore like in Avengers: The Initiative, where he was like part cyborg and stuff, and I thought that looked pretty sleek. So yeah. Those are all my favorites. Yeah, no, I, I think those are all great picks for armor and everything. I mean, I, I kind of thought, I always thought, the I guess for me, like my favorite uh, armor is what the, this wiki is calling the uh, the Mach 7. If anybody wants to follow along while we discuss armors and can't keep up, because I know, you know, if I was naming all these names, sometimes I'd be like, well, what armor is that, you know? But, uh, yeah, I really like the Mach 7, which I guess I kind of call, like, the Silver Centurion armor. Or if you ever bought, like, the Toy Biz Iron Man toy line, they actually refer to it as the hologram armor. That's what the action figure was called, I guess, because that was part of its power set or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I always thought, like, I mean, I guess I guess I'm, I'm an older reader than you guys are, so, like, I was reading Iron Man when he had that armor. So to me, I, I know that's kind of like weird, but that's kind of, if, if I hear Iron Man, like for some reason, I always like the whole, instead, of, I know he's really the red and gold Avenger and all that kind of stuff, but I always kind of envision, you know, the silver kind of armor first. And so in that sense, I guess if I had an honorable mention, it might go to something like War Machine, because I always just like the way that that visual looked, you know, more so than, than the gold type visuals and stuff like that. See, like the 13 or 14 year old me would have been like, you know, Silver Centurion, lame, give me smokestacks. <laughs> like, like growing up, like rereading, like, you know, 
Iron Man comics with that suit. Like I thought it was really weird, but like it, like you know, I guess that's like another childhood thing. Like you think smokestacks are cool, but like I, I really like <laughs> have a really good appreciation for that armor too. But. Yeah, I, I think I think for me it's mainly like kind of what we had discussed in the past. Like whatever you sort of are exposed to first, you kind of imprint on. So that that was. Yeah. I would say that's the armor I imprinted on at, at, at a young age, you know, where I was like, oh, yeah, this is the, to me, like, that's the new Iron Man armor. Because, like, I was, I mean, obviously I was familiar with, like, you know, I guess to me the the most standardized armor is kind of, I, I guess you guys brought it up, but it was the Mach 5, you know, kind of the armor he was wearing from, like, you know, pretty much the same armor, you know, with, you know, the exception of maybe adding a nose here and there or whatever from, like, you know, Iron Man 1 to, like, you know, the late hundreds or whatever, you know, like that armor, you know, was kind of like what he used during Secret Wars and stuff like that. So I was kind of already familiar with like the Secret Wars action figure and stuff like that. But to me, it's like, then I saw that and I was like, oh, sweet. Like there, you know, there's a new Iron Man armor. And what's funny was I I remember I, I didn't really try to paint that Secret Wars figure, you know, white or silver or anything, but I did have my mom like, make me like this little cloth chest piece and and so instead of it being the circular thing which apparently means something according to Joss Whedon and I still haven't gotten my answer on why it means something but I I had my mom change it to uh to actually you know the the triangle because you know the silver centurion armor had the triangle so that was like to me that was like I was like, I'm customizing this Secret Wars figure, like, or my mom was, you know, basically, because she kind of sewed on this little cloth chest piece, and there was, you know, little threads that made the, the sort of yellow triangle piece or what have you. So that, and that's because I just, you know, obviously I, I liked that armor a lot, and I, and I wanted my figure to, you know, reflect the current Iron Man as closely as I possibly could at the time. So that's kind of what I was all into, but I guess I'm kind of already talking about it, but I, I just thought I'd throw this in there as a question. But I mean, did you guys ever collect or own like any Iron Man toy lines or anything? I mean, to me, the biggest one I can think of is like, you know, the toy biz toy line that came out the same time as the, uh, the, you know, Iron Man cartoon. Like, I'm just curious, did you guys yeah. grow up with that? Like, I, I had a few of the Iron Man armors. Like I remember having Iron Man, uh, I remember my brother had War Machine, so we would, like, make those guys fight, because I don't think we had Titanium Man or anybody. Um, yeah, they, they had the the chromed armor, yeah, yeah. like, that you had to snap on yeah, and they, they called it a vacuum something. Here, let me see what it's called. They, they called it something. It was, like, it was some kind of special, like, way that they they built it or whatever. It was, like, some kind of vacuum pack armor or something like that. Uh, Mike will appreciate this. Like I remember, like searching everywhere for that Hawkeye figure and not finding him anywhere. Why well, I gave up on finding Hawkeye, and then it was like a year or two after the TV series that went off the air, or at least when they stopped showing new episodes. Like I was at a flea market and I was digging through this giant grocery cart full of like random action figures, and so I was like digging through it, and I was like somewhere in the middle, I was about to give up, and I was like, what? Hawkeye, so I pulled out Hawkeye, like, he didn't have any accessories, and, like, I think a, a friend of mine ended up giving me, like, a bow and arrow from, like, a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs figure or something, but, like, <laughs> man, that was, like, that that's, that was, like, a really good figure, like, I really liked the Hawkeye figure, like, I think I still got it somewhere. So, apparently, what it was called was vac metalization, 
So that's that's what the toy feature was called. But apparently, it was kind of more expensive than I guess making your you know your average Spider-Man toy. But I guess the idea was, which I don't think I ever did this, maybe because I was I was older by that point. Like I was I was actually in high school and stuff like that. And then I think I actually ended up collecting those toys more. Like I think after I got out of college, because like I was getting like you know older, you know you know collection pieces or whatever just for my personal collection or something like that. But I guess what you were supposed to do if you were a kid was the the pieces were supposed to be interchangeable. So I guess if you had War Machine pieces, you could conceivably stick them on the modular armor if you so chose, you know, like like kind of like the way that I, I was always fascinated by the way in uh, in Transformers like in Japan where they, you know, they had all the uh, the gestalts or whatever, but it was like, they called it, you know, like the Scramble City thing was supposed to be like, oh, sweet, like, you know, Menasaur's arms jump onto, like, Bruticus's arms or whatever, and they're scrambled, and I was like, I never did that as a kid, so, but apparently that was the idea, that you were supposed to scramble all these chest pieces, you know, amongst the different Iron Man toys and make awesome, exciting Iron Man action fun or what have you. But uh, what about you, Mike? Did you ever get into any of the, like, toy lines? Or, or was there anything, like, any kind of pieces that you wanted to talk about or share or anything? Yeah, like like Justin, I had, like, a handful of the Toy Biz toys. And, yeah, me and my cousins used to have them. And, we, yeah, we had, like, Iron Man and War Machine. And I was always pissed off because, like, my Iron Man, like, his armor, like, the chrome armor, it just would not stay on him. Like, there would always be a piece that, like, kind of flaked off. And, like, you know, my uncle would be like, you know, do you want me to just glue that armor on? Are you really? And I was like, I was kind of like, but I don't want to lose the play value, you know? <laughs> like, then I can never, like, remove it, you know? But, like, I, and eventually, like, I was all pissed off that, like, the, 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 the toy reflected, obviously, like, the Iron Man that was in the cartoon. So he had a mouth. So I was like, oh, where's the, like, cool, like, head from the comics and stuff? And they finally, like, released... You your uncle to glue his mouth shut, Yeah, something like that. Like, I was considering, like, you know, trying to, like, yeah, do something. But it was like, like, I couldn't just, like, marker over it because it was, like, cut into a little groove and stuff. So finally, finally, uh, they released, like, Inferno Armor Iron Man, and that one had, like, a close head to the one on the cartoon. So, I, like, I chopped his head off and tried to, like, customize it with my, like, standard Iron Man, but it didn't work, and then I ended up with two broken Iron Man toys. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much, you know, and I bought the occasional, like, Marvel Legends Iron Man toy, and I have the Revel Tech like Iron Man from Iron Man 2, oh, okay. which is a great toy. Yeah, yeah so. that's probably sweet, huh? Like, with all, with yeah. kind of a bunch of different Did, changing, uh, like, what, hands and weapons. And yeah, things. exactly, and he's got, like, little rocket, like, uh, add-ons and stuff. Did did either did either of you guys like hunt down and get the century figure? <laughs> uh, you no. know what I I was gonna just say like I mean as far as what I collected like I had everything from series one which was the hydro armor because I I mean to me they were all uh, you know for lack of a better term you know quote unquote real characters you know like I was like I had the hydro armor you know war machine you know the the standard iron man figure which was basically the modular armor and then i think later like at like kb toys or something like i saw all the villains and they were like really i think i must have bought them for like 
you know, 99 cents or, you know, they were ridiculously cheap. And that's why I didn't feel bad about buying like, you know, green skin Mandarin and black lash and gray gargoyle. And I, and I ended up getting like spider woman, but I think like she was one of those ones I got at like a convention for maybe like 10 or 15 bucks. So I never took her out of the box and kind of, you know, I would have felt bad opening her because I spent a whole 15 bucks on her or whatever, you know? And then, uh, you know, like, of course, you know, like I said, the Silver Centurion armor was my favorite, so I did end up getting the hologram armor, and I think Modoc was one of the guys that was, like, 99 cents, where I was like, oh, sweet, Modoc's, like, only 99 cents? Okay. Like, I don't think I would have paid, like, four bucks for Modoc, but, like, since he was, like, on sale, it was like I ended up getting him. And then uh, I think the last one I got, and this is not to, uh, you know, uh, discourage Justin in his quest for Fortress Maximus or you know, all that kind of stuff, but but I think the last guy I ended up getting was Hawkeye, because I figured, oh, like, he's, you know, an actual, like, Avenger dude, and, like, he's all important and stuff, and I was like, oh, and he's another hero, and I think at that time, my goal was not so much to get, like, real, you know, like, obviously, like, like other characters that I didn't get were, were from the real Iron Man comics, like, say, Blizzard or Whirlwind or whatever, but I think at that point, my, my concept was to have a some sort of diorama that reflected DC versus Marvel, the comic series at the time. And so, you know, my thinking was, oh, well, I need a Hawkeye to fight with my Green Arrow superpowers toy, you know. And so that's the main reason why I was sort of after those guys. But, I mean, as far as, like, the, the third, fourth, and fifth series, like, which included Centur uh, or Centurion or whatever, Century, um, like, I, I don't even think I got that far with it, so. I always wanted the Fing Fang Foom, but I never got around to getting him. Yeah, Fing Fang Foom was was cool. Like, didn't they have like his little robot buddies too? Like, there was like a a silver one and a gold one. Like, I thought all those were yeah. pretty cool looking. Like, I I, I kind of I think I in the back of my head, like I kind of wished Fing Fang Foom was like as big as that plastic Toy Biz Sentinel that was like really huge. But I don't think they were that quite that big in scale. So. I didn't have many of the villains, but I did have, like, the Crimson Dynamo, and, uh, like, my cousin had Titanium Man and stuff, and they were they were pretty much the same. They had, like, that chromed yeah, armor and yeah. stuff. It's cool, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, we, we kind of discussed favorite armors, and in a roundabout way, you know, that kind of delved into, you know, like Iron Man toys and different things like that. I know people sometimes ask to hear more toy stuff on the show, so I thought I'd slip that in there under the radar, even though we hadn't really planned to talk about it. And what do you think of at night, Tony? Making a better Iron Man suit. So that your poor bodyguard can wrestle monsters or whatever it is he does? No. So what does he do, aside from beating up Fin Fang Foom? But uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, move on to uh, uh, favorite Iron Man comic books. And, and I'm sure, you know, obviously we've all been long-time comic book readers, and, you know, I'm sure we've got plenty of interesting stories and things to discuss, but uh, since since Justin was such a secret brother with Mike that he stole all his uh, his ideas, I'm going to let Mike go first this time, just in case uh, Mike is, is uh, uh, stealing all of Justin's secret brother ideas, what have you, <laughs> give him a chance to, to get one up on uh, Justin, but uh, Mike, why don't you uh, tell us, like, what what your favorite Iron Man comic story is, or, or, you know, maybe some of the honorable mentions. I'm sure there, there will be some. I like everything that Justin likes and I like it better than he does. <laughs> well, I liked it first. 
Wait, wait, so you like smokestacks better than Justin? I don't know how that... Ah, <laughs> oh, I take it back. You get all my powers, but all my weaknesses do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, yeah, I got a bunch of, like, honorable mentions, and then I'll just go with my, like, favorite run and stuff. Uh, you know, I like all the classic stuff, like Armor Wars, and, like, uh, Armor Wars 2 is cool for some really good, like, Ramita Jr. art. Um, like, you know, the classic, like, Obadiah Stane, Ironmonger stuff when he first brings out the Silver Centurion. You know, I, I like Kurt Busick's run and, like, you know, some some of the stories that of the people who, like, followed him. Like, I, I like Temujin, like, the Mandarin Sun. Like, I liked that whole story. I, I, I'll defend the sentient armor story. I know you hate it, Derek, but I, I always liked it. it. It was like one of the very first like trades that I ever like got. I think, and uh, what do you call it? You know, the, the only problem I ever had with it was like it was like the sent the armor became sentient because he didn't like protect against Y two K or something, which was kind of stupid. But then they they later, like, retcon that into being, like, the sentient armor was, like, an Ultron virus or something, but I, I don't know, I always liked I think, that I think story. I was just bugged because, you know, I, I had my friends who were heavy Marvel readers, you know, that were always kind of comparing Marvel to DC and kind of going, oh, well, Marvel's realistic, you know, Marvel's, you know, Marvel's way better than DC, DC guys are lame, and I was kind of like, wait, so you're going to tell me that it's lame that Green Arrow got stuck on an island and learned how to use a bow and arrow and came back as, like, the best archer ever and, like, owned all these people on an island, but yet Tony Stark gets stuck on an island and is running around in a diaper with a club trying to kill his armor that's, like, you know, super powerful, like, you know, they can blow up tanks and all this stuff, and I was just, I couldn't handle it. Like, my head imploded. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> Like you can't you can't tell me that this is not more lame than than DC you know or whatever. So <laughs> I just I just went apeshit over that, and so I've never really I, I always thought that was kind of like. And then the other thing too is I, even though I don't necessarily agree with what Eric Larson said in reference to, but Eric Larson has this quote about Venom where he's kind of like, yeah, I never really liked Venom that much. I tried to make him more artistically interesting for myself when I was on Spider Man, hence all the slobbering and big teeth and the big tongue and all that other stuff that he added to Venom's character design, you know, that McFarlane really didn't have in the original, you know, design of Venom, you know. But he was always like, oh, I always thought Venom was boring. It was just Spider-Man's clothes come back to kill him or whatever, <laughs> you know. And that was his quote on, on uh, Venom. But I thought it was very applicable to that, that sentient armor storyline, too. I'm like, what? Like, I mean, to me, I'm just like, literally his clothes came to life and, and had the vendetta against him. But in this case, it was, you know, his uh, his renaissance armor. And I was just kind of like, it kind of reminded me of like if if uh, the, the computer from, you know, if Hal from 2001 somehow was in charge of like Iron Man's armor all of a sudden. And it's like, it's like <laughs> what are you doing, Tony? What are you doing? You know, and you just got like, OK, but uh, that that was my take on it. But yeah. I get that. I don't know. It's a, it was a trade that like a friend bought for me for like my birthday. So I guess I just have some like affection for it. No, it, it was so. like one of the top. But, like I remember it would like Wizard raved and raved over that story for for months. So like it's not just you or sentiment and stuff. I'm sure there's lots of people who are who are big fans of that story. So 
it, it was also, yeah, like me coming off reading like a lot of Kurt Busick's run, and that was kind of a continuation of that. So, yeah. But um, what else? Uh, moving on to like a little bit more modern stuff. Uh, like a, a lot of people criticize like the Noffs, like uh, the father and son team. Uh, the Noff, I forgot their individual names. I just called them the Noffs. Their run, like that, they were they were the uh, whole uh, like Iron Man director of Shield run and stuff. Like everyone said that was kind of boring and stuff, but I actually thought it was kind of cool. And uh, I, I really liked their take on, like, the Mandarin and stuff, which is kind of ironic because um, when, like, the first Iron Man movie came out, I, I like, had this joke where I was like, you know, uh, when they had to adapt Doctor Doom for the movies, like, they made him into an evil businessman. So I was like, if they want to do the Mandarin, they'll just make the Mandarin into, like, Bob Mandarin, evil, like, CEO <laughs> or something, you know. And it like ironically, like the the Noff's like story with the Mandarin has him posing as like an evil businessman, you know. But like I actually liked it. Like they kind of like emphasized his like martial arts and stuff, and like they kind of took some of the stuff from like Temujin and stuff, where you know the Mandarin can like use his like chi and stuff to like actually like crack Iron Man's armor and stuff like that. And it just had some really nice art and really good fight scenes between Iron Man and Mandarin, so I really liked that. It's run. actually uh, just just um, so people know, uh, it's Daniel and Charles, and Daniel is the father and Charles is the son. And uh, you know, I guess really reals people might know Daniel Knopf better from his work on the uh, HBO series Carnival. So I think that's what people. Uh, that's probably why he was hired. You know that he was a. You know, a Hollywood screenwriter and that kind of thing. So, thank you, Derek. Yeah, I was like, I, I just always called them. I knew it was two people, so it's like I'm like the Noffs run. Yeah, you know, but I, I, I kind of like, I kind of fell out of like favor with Matt Fraction, but you know, he had some good stuff, like especially like early on. Like, I, I really liked his team. Like, whenever Matt Fraction wrote a team up between Iron Man and Spider Man, like I kind of felt like he was he like looked back at like all that Civil War stuff and said like, man, you know, like Iron Man and Spider Man, like they they have great chemistry, and it's too bad like they totally like fucked it up in Civil War, and, you know, he kind of, like, looked back and took that and, like, did it better, I think, and, like, kind of tried to reclaim some of that, and I really liked that uh, issue 500, where it was, like, Iron Man and Spider-Man doing something in the present, and, like, it flashes forward to the future with, like, Tony and Pepper's kids doing something in the future that's related to the present stuff, and it keeps flashing back and forth. I really liked that issue. And, uh, uh, two more honorable mentions, and I'll get to my absolute super favorite. These, I guess, I guess these count. Um, I, I mentioned them when we did uh, the What If show, but What If Iron Man sold out, which is What If Volume Two Sixty Four, which is a really great Iron Man tale by Simon Furman and Jeff Senior, which has like great art and uh, is a just just a great What If all of a like all all told. And uh, what if War Machine had not destroyed Living Laser, which is ironically written by Dan Slott, and probably one of his probably first like Marvel works when he was like a you know young starving writer or something, and uh, drawn by uh, Manny Galen, who people might know from Transformers Generation Two, you know the worst artist. Yeah, that was that was Manny. 
But anyway, that that was a good what if too, and it, it was kind of unique in what if, like amongst what ifs because it had like multiple endings and stuff that you could choose from, which was kind of cool. But um, which brings me the, to the my favorite. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, I really love this. Is the like run I grew up with. I love Len K- uh, Kaminsky's run, like on Iron Man. I think it started like uh, I. I didn't even look this up. I think it started in like the two seventies. I know it ends at three eighteen, but I think it starts like in two seventy something. But uh, Len Kaminsky's run—that's where most of like the comics I got growing up were, were from, and like that's where I get most of my like impressions on Iron Man from. And like I love like angry like chip on his shoulder James Rhodes and stuff like where every like word bubble is a swear and stuff like that's the James Rhodes I always remember like uh, I, I really hate what what I call like pussy whipped James Rhodes and like uh, any any story where he's just kind of like you know Tony's like you know second in command and stuff and I, I like when James Rhodes and Tony Stark are like at odds with each other and I, I guess I got that from like Len Kaminsky's run they're coming in hot any second what's the play well, we want to take the high ground, okay? So let's okay. get the biggest gun up on that ridge. Gotcha. Where do you want to be? Where are you going? What are you talking about? I you mean, have me. a big gun. You are not the big gun. Tony, don't be oh. jealous. No, it's subtle, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's called being a badass. Yeah, the, the, he had, like, the telepresence armor where, like, Tony was, like, crippled and confined to the bed, and he had to, like, run the armor through his mind, like, on remote control and stuff. It's funny, like, he didn't, aside from, like, Jim Rhodes being War Machine, like, there's not much that came from his run that, like, lasts to, like, this day, but one of the things is Technovore, which was only, like, two issues, but, like, I don't, I can't understand, like, Technovore's popularity, like, he's in, you know, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest uh, Heroes, it's been in that Armored Adventures cartoon, and there's, like, a, a yeah. coming up, there's a direct-to-video movie about the, the Technovore, new, the new Iron and I'm like, anime, which, which should be out by the time this podcast is released, is called The Rise of the Technovore, so, yeah. And, like, the only thing I can think of is that it's a cool name, which is, that's the only reason I can explain the popularity of Technovore. So it actually, just, I, just I so people know, so they're not left in the dark, if you want to check this out, um, the, the run started in Iron Man 278, which is actually the uh, the first, uh, one of the chapters of uh, Operation Galactic Storm, which is a favorite Avenger story of mine, so that's when... Uh, that's when his run starts, and then, like you said, it ends around uh, 318. So. Yeah. And then um, a good part of that run also is Tom Morgan's art, which I really, like, I really love his art, and on, on like, most, I think that there's a couple fill-ins, but for the most part, like, Tom Morgan, like, draws that whole, or most of that run. I even like, like, like we were joking earlier how, like, 90s that run is, and how he fights, like, Venom and Thunderstrike and stuff in the New Warriors, and I actually liked, like, the Venom appearance, because, like, he pretty much, like, he points out, like, how, how much of a hypocrite Venom is, and, like, you know, he kind of just owns him and stuff, and he's like, you know, 
Although it, it, he, he, he suffers, like, the Spider-Man clause where, like, at the end he's like, you know, I'm just going to let Venom go because I'm, like, too tired to chase him or whatever, you know, and, like, Venom has to go off and have adventures. So it's like, I can't just, like, beat the shit out of him and send him to I'll let, I'll let Venom go back to his homeless commune up in San Francisco and have adventures or whatever he was doing at the yeah, time. Exactly, yeah. But... I don't know. I, I I thought it was like I thought like Len. Uh, you could tell that Len Kaminsky was kind of like he has these moments where he's like kind of raging against the 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 system, like where uh, Tony Stark is like telling off Venom. He was like, "You call yourself, you know, like you protect the innocents. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know, you're just a friggin' crazy psychopath <laughs> murderer and stuff. You know." And also, there's there's a sequence I love in that run where uh, he he goes through like this simulation where he fights the X Men and he like all he like he beats them all in like one page and like Wolverine's like you know do you forget about me bub you know and like Iron Man just turns and one punches Wolverine and he's like I wish I forgot about you you know and I always thought that was really funny and there's there's some like subtle commentary like where. They're all like, you know, we must protect the dream and stuff. And Iron Man's like, God, stop making speeches, you know, and stuff. But I really love that. And um, uh, to wrap it up, uh, my absolute favorite. Now, the favorite within the what? favorite. Wait, uh, what's going on? Uh, There's another favorite? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's what do you call it? It's oh, within okay. this run. And my favorite story from this run is Iron Man 315 through 317 where um Tony Stark is opening a like a new uh plant in Russia and he like takes along oh, the black yeah, widow yeah. to be his like uh, his like uh 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 translator and like tour guide and stuff and like the titanium man attacks and uh Iron, they have to team up with like the crimson dynamo to fight titanium man and then, like, eventually, like, Iron, like, uh, t- Crimson Dynamo gets, like, injured. So Tony has to wear the Crimson Dynamo armor to fight Titanium Man just to, like, spare, like, the Russian people, like, uh, some, like, embarrassment and stuff. And it's just a really great, yeah. like, story. It's, it's got, yeah, it's got all, like, the key, uh, the key elements of a good, like, Iron Man story where. Also, you know, for me, like, what I'll point out, like, is uh, that's kind of like what Mike's talking about, that whole era. That's where I started reading Iron Man, like, on a normal basis. So I have a lot of affinity for that run, too. But, like, those issues he's talking about with Titanium Man and Black Widow, like, that's where I was like, all right, Iron Man's pretty cool. And then it immediately went into the crossing and was, like, terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, it, exactly. Like, almost immediately after that, it, the crossing but, begins. Um, but there's, I think it's the last page of that three-part issue where you have, like, Black Widow in her old costume, like that's yeah. that's when I noticed Black Widow. I was just like, huh, like my little like twelve year old thirteen yeah, year like, eyebrow went up, and I was just like, who's this? <laughs> so like I, I yeah, because t- Tony's like I yeah, I always liked that like fishnet costume you had, and then she shows up in it at the end, and then it's sexy time. <laughs> so like I, I that's kind of like what got me into like liking Black Widow. So like anytime she showed up after that, or like you know previous appearances, I was always like. Hey, that's that one girl from that issue, Iron Man. I like her. What do you call it? Definitely. That, that whole, issue. I think the last issue is like a like double-sized issue, too, or something. Yeah. But uh, 
I don't know, it was kind of, like, at the end, spoilers for, like, an issue that's, like, 15 years old or whatever, but, like, the Titanium Man, like, dies at the end of that, and well, it's kind of a, like, really touching, like, death it's also, scene. It's also kind but of then, a gag, because there's been, like, you know, as many Titanium Man yeah. as it has been yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say, but he like Titanium Man shows up again, like like nothing you happened, and apparently Man, you bastard. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like yeah, it's it's supposedly the same guy, and it's like, but didn't you get a hole blown in you? But okay, no, okay then, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, but Iron Man three fifteen through three seventeen, I really love like those issues. Cool. No, that's awesome. Um, why don't we? Uh, I don't. I don't know what is entirely super similar or not. But uh, since Justin was already talking about some of the Len Kaminsky stuff that he had, you know, grown up reading and stuff. I mean, what about you, Justin? I mean, is there are there certain uh, Iron Man stories you want to regale us with? You know, honorable mentions to start, and then you know, drum roll into your into your favorite, and maybe even super favorite within a favorite, like. It ultra I champion. Can't. Mike stole everything I have. <laughs> I'm gonna have to track you down and put like an inhibitor chip on you and destroy your armor. <laughs> Thief. Um ah. No, like I'll 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 talk about a few favorites. Um I guess like a really good honorable mention would be Iron Man one fifty. And that would be like the first time that Iron Man and Doctor Doom are sent back into the past like the era of Camelot. And they have to, like, work together. But, you know, Doctor Doom being Doctor Doom, he kind of refuses to, like, kneel to King Arthur or anything. So he goes off on his own and he ends up, like, working with uh, Morgan Le Fay, which they have, like, a whole history, you know, within themselves. They have a history but, uh, of, of sexy time. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but uh, I always like that issue. And there's, like, a kind of a follow-up. I think it's 250 where it's, like... Iron Man and Doctor Doom were fighting, and then they're sent into the future, and they have to like help Merlin and like a child version of King Arthur. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like Arno Stark shows up, or you know, at least it looks like the Iron Man twenty twenty suit. I think it's like twenty ninety three or something. I, I can't. Yeah, remember. it's like some weird year or whatever. Like I think there's like I I I'm sort of Secret Brothers because I do like uh, Iron Man one fifty and everything, and I think there's there's not only it's like there's a there's the follow up in 250, and I think there's some veiled reference to it in like I want to say issue 208 or 209, like some there, there's some reference to it where where like you think Morgana show, has shown up again, but it's not really her. Like she's she's like possessing somebody in the present or something like that to get hmm. revenge for what happened in 150 or something. Um, and then uh, and then uh, I guess. I think in 2008 they made like a straight up kind of sequel with uh, Ron Limart, um, and it's called Legacy of Doom, and so it it, it kind of mm. harkens back to that story, I guess. Maybe maybe uh, uh, in some ways, some ways uh, solidifying Alan Moore's claim that you know comics don't have any original ideas and they stole everything from him, even though he didn't write any of those stories. But it, it, they all sort of spring from that whole you know David Micheletti, Bob Layton early run on Iron Man, so. Hey, hey, Justin, do you know if that follow-up Doctor, Do- uh, Doctor Doom and Iron Man, like, story in 250 was written by John Byrne? I nope. don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was like an Act oh. of Vengeance tie-in or something. It, yeah, it, it oh, was okay. around that time because I think the next issue, like Iron Man is fighting like um, the Wrecking Crew or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was an okay, Act of I, Vengeance tie-in. <laughs> the reason I ask is because like I reread it recently, and I I was just like I kind of like I didn't bother to look who wrote it, but like I I was just like I was noticing like sort of John Byrne isms <laughs> with Doom and stuff. Like I, I don't know, like it seemed like he was like disrespectful towards, like, King Arthur in the original story, but this one, he's, like, all, like, you know, I respect you, King Arthur, as, as like, a fellow monarch, and that seems like a kind of thing that, like, you know, John Byrne would do, or more, something. More. Like, like, the real Doom wouldn't be a douchebag <laughs> or something, more you clever, know? clever isms or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like John Byrne. Um, actually, that... That was uh, David Michelin, he wrote that, and Bob Yeah, because it, it was, okay, it was so a technical we... sequel to it, so... Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's good. schizophrenic, is what you're trying to say, Mike. He, he contradicted yeah. Doom within his own two stories. <laughs> um, for, like, uh, other stories, like... It's kind of hard for me to name, like, an absolute favorite Iron Man story, so I'll just say that like, I really like Demon in a Bottle, and I love the first Armor Wars. Like, those are both really great stories. Like, for Demon in a Bottle, I know people talk about that as, like, the Iron Man story, and it, it is really good. It's, like, you know, it's kind of like what Alan Moore said on his uh, appearance on The Simpsons. He's like, your favorite story is, like, the one I wrote where your favorite character becomes a drug addict or something, like... It, you know, that's kind of a weird way to look at it, I guess. And it's kind of like the way you look at it with, you know, Tony Stark, like, becoming an alcoholic. But, like, there's a lot of, like, really good moments, like, leading up to that and, like, you know, his struggle with that. And then, like, uh, I think it was Bethany, like, being there for him and helping him and, like, them sharing, like, you know, a lot of, like, personal moments and stuff. But uh, I really like that story. I always have. And I like Armor Wars, too. Like, I know we've talked about this, like, before the show, like, a lot, but that was just, like, a really fun, you know, story. It's, like, you know, we joked, it's, like, and this is probably, like, the genesis of all the, like, Tony's tech going rogue, and he's, like, got to, like, you know, go against the thing and, like, yeah. you know, blow his stuff up and everything, but, like, you know, still, like, for, like, um, if anybody out there wants to, like, read a really good, like, you know, Iron Man story with like a lot of cameos and stuff like that. Like I would recommend Armor Wars. Like Armor Wars is a lot of fun. It's also good because I think, like for me, I think that was one of the first. Uh, 225 was one of the first Iron Man comics I ever bought. Like that's kind of around the era where I was reading Iron Man comics. But I didn't really buy a lot of Iron Man comics because Iron Man really wasn't my guy. Like it was like one of my you know grade school buddies or whatever that was. He really loved Captain Marvel. Like you know. Shazam for the kiddies who are confused, but he really loved he really loved Captain Marvel and he loved Iron Man, and so by default that kind of meant I didn't have to buy any Captain Marvel or or Iron Man comics. Almost like I could just go over to his house and read them there, which is mostly what I did. But I thought the whole Armor Wars thing was so cool. I I ended up buying that myself because I thought it was a really sweet story or whatever so yeah I mean I I'm totally secret brothers like that's probably my the favorite story of mine for a while like I like I'm, I, I kind of rag on the sentient armor but for a while I kind of just held that up as like that's that's the only Iron Man story that's worth my time you know like <laughs> I was very much like that was cool and everything else was shit or whatever even though I didn't really read a whole you know it's like I read a lot of the Michelini stuff and thought it was cool and like you're saying like for a lot of people they really you know I know Wizard 
would pimp the hell out of Demon in a Bottle any chance yeah. it got, and and that's always frequently talked about, you know, because it's a game changer. You know, it kind of brought up, you know, the issues of alcoholism and everything. I think I think that story probably still holds up. I think what what Toy Fair and and Wizard and all the jokes about you know drunk Tony that people will make. I think where that comes from is when Denny O'Neill kept writing Iron Man as a drunk. You know, it's like it's like they did the story and they could have like just wrapped it up, but he kept going back to the bottle. Do you know what I mean? So so much so that it got to the point where you know Rhodey was Iron Man. You know, because Iron Man was busy, you know, slamming into trees in his armor and all that kind <laughs> of shit. You know, so <laughs> and beating up Aaron right, Stack. Right, so. You know, so that's kind of where you are with that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't mean to take over on mine if, if Justin wasn't done, but I mean, I'll just no, go I'm straight done. up. Like, like I, I love Armor Wars. I mean, I, I think it's one of my favorite stories. It's got my favorite armor in it and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, by the time this is posted, um, cause it's supposed to tie in with the Iron Man movie over on, uh, History of Comics on Film, I'll have another top 10 Iron Man comic list of what some of my favorite stories are. But for the purposes of this podcast, you know, my absolute favorite is the Armor Wars. And if I was gonna do one honorable mention, which will end up being my number two pick probably, will be, uh, the Mike Grell run. Like, I really enjoyed that run for the most part, and, you know, I think my favorite part of it was him fighting Temujin. I mean, I know a lot of people watched Armored Adventures, and they're like, who's this little Mandarin shit kid, and whatever, but I was never really put off by that, because I always thought he was a cool character in Mike Grell's run. Like, I think I think around then, I was just starting to watch, like, Dragon Ball Z, so I was kind of just wrapping my head around yeah. the idea that this guy could use his harness, his chi force to, like beat the shit out of Tony Stark in his armor and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of enjoyed his, he, he, I don't know, the character seemed to me to be one of those, you know, kind of the same way they try to present Doom and maybe Darkseid and some other guys as having, you know, some sense of inner integrity and whether or not that, you know, holds up over the years with, like, different characters being villains for a long time. You know, eventually they start you know, chopping off grandma's heads and you're like, well, you're not so honorable now, are you? But, you know, I don't think, I don't think Temujin had had that long of a lifespan where he wasn't in that many stories that you could point and go, ah, here's the cracks in your, your armor. So I was always, you know, kind of interested in him as a, a nemesis for Iron Man and stuff like that. Then we must be sure he has company. Dread Knight! Black Clash! Whirlwind. Blizzard. I have a mission for you. But um, speaking of nemeses, uh, I think another topic we wanted to delve into was uh, what some of our favorite Iron Man villains are. And there's plenty of villains to choose from. And uh, so I guess, you know what, I, I'm going to start with me. Um, I'm just going to go into it real quick and then I'll move on to the other guys real quick. Um, for, for visual purposes, I guess I just wanted to give these guys a bone cause I think they're cool and I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know how technical, I don't know if you guys will let this qualify or not, but, uh, I'm going to say that my favorite Iron Man villains are the brothers Grimm. Like I like the brothers Grimm. I like the way they looked. I was probably, the first time I ever read about them was during the Spider-Man crossover and Acts of Vengeance, but those guys that fought Spider-Man were basically the guys that 
were introduced in Iron Man that took over from the losers from Spider-Woman. So I'm going to go with the Brothers Grimm just because I think they have a cool look. And I like the idea that they're kind of like, you know, they, they do all this like fairy tale stuff and they're kind of floating on a cloud like Goku does and throwing, you know, Blackberry pies at Iron Man or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I think that's kind of cool look. And I, I kind of enjoy it. You know, as whether they're part of a group that's like attacking the West Coast Avengers, or they're just fighting solo against like the cosmic powered Spider Man or Iron Man or whoever, like I think that's kind of cool. And then, uh, as far as an honorable mention goes, I, I know I was making fun of him before for doing the Kenny bit, but I do like the Titanium Man. I think he's got a cool, imposing look. Like he's got a cool suit of armor. I kind of like the look of him more. I mean, I know they, they changed his armor a lot over the years, but I kind of like the look where he kind of has those glowy eyes and the kind of, I don't know what you'd want to call it, like the, the ghost face from Pac-Man or wh- whatever you call that look. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, I always kind of liked that. It seemed to be like some kind of original supervillain look. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that before. And so that always stood out to me. And, you know, of course he's, he, you know, I, they, I guess these days, whenever they introduce like Crimson Dynamo or the Titanium Man, they always have to update, you know, his backstory or his origin. You know, on Armored Adventures, he was, you know, Justin Hammer, and you know they can't do all this old Cold War, you know, former Soviet Union, you know, Titanium Man, you know, kills you or whatever, you know, type thing anymore. But uh, you know, I always thought he was a cool. Uh, opponent and stuff, you know, for for Iron Man, and I I enjoy that villain. But uh, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, go on to uh, Mike and ask him what some of his favorite Iron Man villains are. I guess this is more of a retroactive thing, but, like, I always thought the ghost was, like, cool-looking, but he was one of those guys where, like, you never knew his real name, and then since that, you didn't know that, and you didn't know, like, really, like, what he looked like sometimes, you, like, he was one of, this seems to be a, a, like, epidemic with a lot of Iron Man villains, but, like, in between appearances, you weren't sure if it was the same guy, like, behind the mask, you know, like, you weren't sure if it was the same ghost, or, like, this, this, um, even with, like, Titanium Man and, like, Titanium Man, Spy Master, like, Crimson Dynamo, it seems like, you know, sometimes you'd be like, wait a minute, is this the same one that showed up, like, the last time or whatever? But, you know, but in whatever case, like, Ghost, like, I say retroactively I like him because of his time in Thunderbolts. And, like, I really like the current portrayal of Ghost as, like, sort of, like, a sort of, like, paranoid, like, conspiracy addict. And, like, I really like the current, like, uh, I call it the Psychomantis Ghost. Like, the guy from Metal Gear Solid, like, redesign, where he's, like, you know, all gaunt and, like, scary looking. And, like, he floats everywhere. And he's, like, kind of, like, permanently intangible and stuff. Like, I don't know, that just looks cool. And, you know, he, he hates, like, corporations and stuff. And, like... Like, you know, obviously he'll hate Tony Stark because of that. And, like, it's funny, like, in an issue of Thunderbolts where he fought Iron Man, like, it was right after Stark lost his whole, like, his his corporation. So that's, like, all Tony has to say is, like, you know, he's like, I, I lost my corporation. And, like, Ghost stops attacking him, and he's like, okay, well, we have no beef then. And then, like, they just <laughs> stop fighting. You know, and that that was pretty funny. As far as, like, visuals go, I, I really, I like, like, Living Laser, like, in his energy form. Like, I always thought he looked cool. Like, not so much, like, the actual, like, costume for him, but when he was, like, all energy and stuff, he looks cool. 
I like Crimson Dynamo a lot, but like again, it's like it's you're like which Crimson Dynamo do you like? Like which of the eight or nine Crimson yeah, Dynamos yeah. do you like? I, I guess I'd have to go by default the one that shows up in that favorite story yeah. that I liked, and I, I think he only showed up like twice before, and one of the, one of them. Uh, he showed up in like a story in the two hundreds where he switched minds with Tony Stark. And then like he shows up again in that like 315 through 317 story. And he kind of like, he, he kind of has like a sort of rival fusion thing with Tony there where he's like, you know, I, cause we switched minds, you know, I know your secret identity, but I didn't like blab about it because I kind of respect you. So could you do me this favor and, you know, take down Titanium man for me and I'll help you. Like in, you know, whatever, if you use my armor, he like links up with them and like through the radio and stuff and like helps him. So like I, I, I would have liked to see more of him, but uh, unfortunately, I think he's like been consigned to limbo now. Um, I think his his name was uh, I wrote it down because I'd never remember it. Uh, Valentin Shadowoff. So uh, I, I don't think that Crimson Dynamo will ever show up again. I don't know. The the one that shows up in that story, the the actual armor though, that's probably my favorite version of that armor. Um it's the one that shows up on the cartoon too. It looks really like sleek and more like less like a walking like tank and more like a actual like suit of armor. So also have a soft spot for like Dread Knight. He he just looks cool. Like I like I don't know. I've never read much with him in it, but I think he just looks cool. And uh, finally, uh, Ezekiel Stain. I think I thought he had like a lot of promise, and like he was a good like foil for Tony. Like you know, basically younger, more ruthless version of Tony Stark, who happens to be like the son of one of Tony's like greatest dead enemies. So you know, I thought Zeke Stain was pretty cool. So yeah, those are my guys. So uh, Justin, you you need to put in the Gator Pack on uh, Mike, or you got some (laughs) some villains that that we haven't talked about yet. Nobody's going to mention Big M, Unicorn, or the Melter. <laughs> I, uh, nope. Yeah, Big M is awesome. Hey, if you mention, okay, if you're going to mention then, I'll mention Slag. <laughs> I like Slag. <laughs> no, you guys mentioned all of my favorites except for one. I'll just say that uh, I like Crimson Dynamo and Titanium Man for reasons Mike has already brought up. I like Ezekiel Stain. Um, but the one that uh, I liked, even though he only shows up like occasionally, is the controller. Well, I always thought he was pretty cool, and he ended up like kind of being a Captain Marvel villain for a while. And I, I always thought the controller was pretty cool. He had a cool look, and he was always like, you know, draining people's minds to further power himself and controlling them with his control disc. But like later on, he kind of just became like a subservient pug to the hood, which always irritated me, because I'm like, yeah, what, the wild. hood? Yeah. I'm like, he's going to yeah. like follow and take orders from the hood? Like, he should be taking over the hood. Like, that always irritated me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you can always, even, like, Madame Mask is part of, yeah, like, is the I hoods, like, like you know, you can all, see, with her, you have the, like, you know, the out where you can say, oh, that's not Madame Mask, that's just one of her clones that she has running around or whatever, that's one of her imposters. But there's only one controller, and there's only one living laser, and they're both in the hoods gang, so, yeah. Is, is mega hip-hop masters of evil or whatever they were. <laughs> mega hip hop. I'm gonna call them that yeah. from now on. The mega hip hop masters yeah. of evil. 
it's like I don't know all those guys. Like you, you, you feel bad because you're like, oh, remember when you guys had some clout and you were actually like real bad guys and you didn't listen to this jerk in a hood? Like, but yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, I guess we we talked about all the uh, Iron Man uh, great villains that that we all uh, find our favorites. Um, and so I guess you know, I mean, unless you guys, I, I mean, I, I'll throw this out there, but do you guys want to talk about? I know Marvel now just released uh, Iron Man issue number one. Do you guys want to talk about that for a few minutes, or do you just want to move on to to uh, awesome things of the week? I'll say that you know it was okay, but like I'm not the biggest fan of Greg Land's art, and like I was kind of like I I was telling you guys I'm kind of like like really again you have to like track down someone who like appropriated your technology or something you know like it seems like it's the only story beat like some people can hit with Iron Man anymore. Well, I guess I guess but, Alan Alan Moore you know. is right again. They they keep stealing his old ideas <laughs> that he didn't yeah. write way back in the Armor Wars. But I don't know. Just just to defend the first issue, not that it needs that much defending. I mean, I'm uh, you know uh, I'm not a big fan of the writer. What, what's his name? I, I keep calling him K. What's his face? And I feel bad. Like the guy who wrote Uncanny X Men, Kieran something. Yeah, Kieran oh, okay. Gillen. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I I'm not too you know I I just got done reading his Uncanny X Men, and I'm not a huge fan of that. And then, uh, and then I read this, and it, it didn't change my mind or anything. But you know, I mean, aside from the the porn star pouty faced lipped girls that are, are in the issue, which are kind of, you know, I don't know, just take you out of the story to me. It's like they kind of stand out like a sore thumb. But uh, I, I like some of the cityscape stuff, and like you're saying, the the new armor is visually appealing. You know, it's kind of cool to see it all decked out in black and everything like that. Um, you know, but I mean, as far as the story goes, like, the only defense I can offer is to me, it seems more like, you know, okay, Extremis is the technology. So I'm like, well, does Tony Stark really have, like, the market cornered on Extremis? Like, yeah, I know it's part of his armor now, and it's part of his body and everything, but it's like other people, you know, like, they, they have Maya Hansen in it. You know, it's like there were other people that were involved in Extremis, so it's not like it was just his to be stolen. It's not like they stole... yeah. Well, also, also, like that last Noth run with with the Mandarin, like that was the Mandarin's plan oh, in okay. that too, okay. where he he used extremist doses to like make monster things to send up against Iron Man. So I was kind of like, eh, again. I guess yeah. I guess now instead of uh, stealing Alan Moore's ideas, they just keep going back to Warren Ellis's initial extremist arc and and kind of revisiting that because it was so popular, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Well, once I found, like, they just recently, like, uh, Karen Gillan said he, that Death's Head is going to show up in the second arc. So I was like, oh, my ears, like, perked up <laughs> again. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay around for that. I guess where Tony goes to space. Well, hey, probably by the time this podcast airs, Death's Head will be in Iron Man. So so take a look at the, the current Iron Man title for some Death's Head action if you guys are fans of uh, Simon Furman's Death Head or his appearances in Transformers, because supposedly he's going to be appearing in Iron Man. Um, what about you, Justin? Like, do you have any thoughts to add on uh, Iron Man number one? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I guess, like, I see like what everything Mike's pointing out, and like I, I agree with him. But I think for me, I'm just so happy to have like Matt Fraction off. Iron Man, like I know, me and Mike always talk about this, but like he had a like a he had a really fun run of Iron Man, and then 
when Mike realized where he was going with the Mandarin, like Mike jumped ship, and he tried to warn me, but I was like, no, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. But it was so terrible, and that, his last story arc just drug on like month after month. It was so terrible. I'm, I, I think I'm just happy to have like someone else like writing Iron Man, and it's like I don't really care for some of Greg Land's artwork either, like the porn fantastic faces like they really do take you out of it but uh i thought the first issue was pretty good so i'm looking forward to seeing more of it you know and if dead's death's head shows up and tony goes into space like okay like i'll still be reading it it's just weird i expect to see like gamora with a billboard like model face going Ooh, or whatever <laughs> in the background with her hands up or something but anyway um before before we move on from Iron Man, I'd just like to say, mention briefly, that the second season of the 90s cartoon is probably, like, one of my favorite Marvel cartoons of all time. Yeah, no, that, I, I grew up, I mean, not grew up, but I mean, I was, I was in high school by then, but I mean, I, I definitely have fond memories of, uh, of the Iron Man cartoon and stuff. I, I always used to like to say that, that, you know, obviously, like most people, kind of the general consensus is, that the, the animation on the second seasons of Fantastic Four and Iron Man are, are far superior to the yes. first season. Um, the only uh, uh, caveat I would add to that, though, was I always kind of hated the way War Machine's color scheme looked. Like, I, I, I liked how it looked better in the first season. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I hate when they try to make things look, like, either really silver or, like, blue or something or some hit tinge of yeah, gray. I, I get like, you. I just liked how in the, the uh, first season it was kind of like, hey, his armor is white and then it's gray, and then that's all there is to it. You know, like, it's not all super complicated or whatever. And I think in the, uh, you know, it, 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 kind of like how you say, like, you don't like uh, uh, what you consider pussy Rhodey is to be Rhodey who's kind of like, you know, not, not, uh, not confrontational with Tony. Like, to me, Pussy Rhodey is the guy from the second season who's like, oh, I can't wear this armor. I'm yeah, yeah, dis- despite, yeah, I, yeah, just despite, I was going to say, despite Pussy Rhodey and, and mullet Tony Stark, I love that second no, no, season. No, 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 I mean, I love it, too. That's why I'm, I'm kind of giving it some good-natured ribbing, you know, here, since we're... Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I definitely... I, I just wanted to yeah. throw that in there, because I'm kind of like... That, you know. that version of Rhodey, he's like, you know, whatever you say, Mr. S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Wouldn't, well, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, Hypnosia be like Harley Quinn? Because she was, like, created <laughs> yeah. specifically for that it's like She, she yeah, was, she, she she was all that. over Justin Hammer, too, you know? Yeah, whatever you say, Mr. Yeah. H! Yeah, no. So, uh, cool. No, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of Iron Man stuff that you could check out. I mean, they've got the motion comics, they've got, uh, you know, which, which covers the extremist storyline. You've got the Iron Man animated series, you know, if you want, if you're daring, you can venture out and seek out the old cardboard cutout 60s series, which basically will get you up to speed on like a bunch of old tales from suspense issues, because that's pretty much what they cover. And then um, I'm trying to think what else, like Armored Adventures and Superhero Squad and Avengers, like all kinds of stuff to, to check Iron, out. Iron Man Exo Meta War. Iron Man Exo Meta War, the video <laughs> game. Woo! The comic series crossover extravaganza. Me, 
<laughs> me and my cousins used to fight over who got to be Iron Man, and the loser had to be Exo Man. Exo Man is not a loser. He's he's a Visigoth warrior. He's <laughs> awesome. He has the good skin. Um, yeah. No, I I, I like Valkyrie. Uh, so. Anyway, but um, yeah. So I guess I guess we can we can move on to uh, to awesome things. But go to your local theater. Check out Iron Man three. Uh, when you hear this podcast, uh, you know, write us some emails. Tell us what you think of the new movie. Um, you know, if you have any favorite stories that you want to share with us, or if you think we're crazy, like you think I'm crazy for dissing the sentient armor storyline, and you want to send some angry. Uh, emails, you know, you can send those all to uh, fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Next time you feel like throwing a punch, try throwing it at Iron Man. Leave him alone! extending those kind of invites. But yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to uh, what's awesome in our world this week. Um, I'll go first real quick because it's not that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just go first. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about cause I wanted to eat it on air was, uh, apparently hostess cupcakes <laughs> or hostess is completely dead and there's not going to be that many, uh, cupcakes in the stores anymore. And by the time you guys hear this, it'll really fucking be dead cause there won't be anything. But, uh, normally I cannot eat these cause they have, let me see what they have. They have. Holy shit, yeah, I really shouldn't eat this because it's got like 20% calcium in it, and I'm really not supposed to. But since they're never going to make any of these anymore, um, I'm going to have one last uh, Hostess cupcake. And that's pretty much going to be my, my awesome thing of the week, I suppose. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is, I don't know if it's a faux pas, but I'm just going to vamp while I'm opening up this cupcake, is, um, you know, well, Tony said would say it might be a faux pas, but um, I've been listening to this new podcast, or I guess it's not really new, it's probably a couple of years old, but to me, I just discovered it. It's called the Fire and Water Podcast, and it's basically run by the guy who runs the Firestorm Fan Blog and the guy who runs the Aquaman Shrine Blog. So that's why it's mm. called Fire and Water, because it's about Aquaman and Firestorm. And I guess they started it right around the time the New 52 started. You know, so I guess some of their goals are, you know, to cover, obviously, the, the month-to-month issues of that, you know, series. But also they delve into older stuff and everything. And actually what I've been listening to the most is they kind of do a side-off, series that's related to the fire and water podcast but is not directly part of it and it's about dc who's who where they just go issue by issue and they kind of you know look at and you know make comments on the different listings and all that kind of stuff and uh, they're both really you know intelligent guys and it's it's fun to listen to them uh you know wax poetic about dc stuff um i guess if you're if you're somebody like mike who's not that big of a dc fan it might be interesting you know, in a a learning context, but, you know, I I would say the only thing I would say is it's definitely, you know, you definitely have to like DC and, you know, specifically like either Firestorm or Aquaman probably to, uh, to appreciate the podcast. But, um, but I, I think it's great and I enjoy listening to it. And now I'm going to take a bite out of this cupcake and then Justin can, um, do his, uh, his awesome thing of the week while I do that. Um, that Aquaman shrine, like that's a really great Aquaman site. I mean, I know yeah. I've said lots of times I'm a big Aquaman fan, despite all the jokes. But I'll have to look into this podcast. Um, yeah, the shrine, the shrine is a great site. I had always gone there, and I was just looking at it because I was 
you know, doing some research for one of my videos on Aquaman stuff, and I noticed that, you know, I'm like, oh, they do a podcast now? And I was like, oh, okay. And I guess, you know, it had been going on for a couple of years, but I never noticed it. So I've just been listening to some of them. And it's a good, it's a good series, so. But uh, my awesome things are um, the current season of Dexter has been really good. Um, like the the previous season was just kind of like, eh, it, you know, it was okay. Like there, I mean, I guess of like all the seasons, like that would have been like the weakest, and there was some really weird like character stuff. But uh, but this season has been pretty good so far. I'm really into it. And my second awesome thing is for a future podcast. Like I've been rewatching a lot of the. 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, which I had watched most of these episodes when they originally aired, but I haven't seen them since, so I wanted to, like, you know, go back and rewatch them, and uh, I'm really surprised, like, how much I'm enjoying this. I mean, I, like I, like I said, I hadn't seen them all since, and, like, I remember some of the episodes being a little goofy, but, like, most of them have held up, like, really well. Like, I sat down and, like, watched most of the first season, um, almost in the middle of the second season, like, it's just been, like, a big marathon, because I keep watching them, like, you know, one after another. Like, some stuff I forgot, I'm just like, wait a minute, what did, how did the Shredder get out of this? And then some other stuff I remember, like, pretty well. Like, I remember, like, even specific jokes, like, stupid stuff like Michelangelo does, but it's, it's been, like, a really nice, like, nostalgia trip. No, that's a, that is a good show. Funny, yeah, fun, funny you should mention that, uh, Justin. I just, like, ordered Turtles Forever, like, on DVD. I just, well, I just received it, actually. Like, I saw it, it was on Amazon for, like, eight bucks. So I, like, oh, yeah, I still got to get that. So I, like, picked you, you that up. You know up, why, so you I know why I love $8 on Amazon, though? I don't mean to burst your bubble, but, you know, it's not widescreen. It's full screen. Yeah, I know. <gasps> Terrible. I, I'll probably mention this on that Turtles show we do, but, like, Turtles Forever is probably one of my favorite team-up crossover things. Yeah, yeah, ever. yeah. I love it's that. Great. It's, it's awesome. Great. Is, that your, is that your awesome thing this week, sir, is the Turtles Forever? Well, it was going to be until you told me it was full screen. <laughs> hey, I just want to inform the, I just no, wanna inform uh, the, uh, the people out there who are not suckers that did not buy these <laughs> Amazon uh, uh, DVD, in, in case they don't want a full screen DVD. You know. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad now. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't really care. But like, uh, that, that wasn't going to be my awesome thing anyway. But uh, going on, um, going on I just wanted that. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Too yeah. Late. See how many suckers. <laughs> yeah. Too late. What's your what's your awesome thing, dude? Oh, I just I got I also got like the Amazing Spider Man like on DVD this week, and I watched it, and I still like it. <laughs> you know so. what's the funny? Is I, I I got the Blu-ray, um, but of course I haven't had a chance to watch it. But I I knew my dad was going to be bored, so I you know gave him a bunch of stuff that I had had lying around that you know I just got or whatever. And, uh, you know, he kind of left it lying there for a couple days, so I wasn't even sure if he was going to watch it. But then I, I came home last night, and he was kind of like, yeah, I watched, uh, watched Spider-Man. He's like, that was pretty good. And I was like, okay, cool. He liked it, too. So, you know, mission accomplished. Uh, you know, I, I bought the uh, Blu-ray for a good good cause. You know, somebody was entertained as well. So Excellent. Yeah, like uh, I, I watched it. I still enjoy it, and uh, I still 
did not see a lizard ATV <laughs> in it. But not even you know. did, did you watch, what are you gonna did you watch all the special features? No, maybe, I didn't. I didn't get to watch all the special a features. Scene with maybe. the lizard ATV. So, so everybody buy. I hope so. Yeah. ATV scene with the lizard. Also, uh, thanks for the memories, Twinkies. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Inger is like I, I haven't had a Twinkie in a long time, but I love this. Well, what I what I bought was uh, I wanted to get the yellow Hostess cupcakes, but the only thing I could find was the chocolate cake. But I did get some. Some yellow zingers here too, so I can eat one of those in honor of Justin, <laughs> who loves the zingers. You know, I always remember the zingers were like the Charlie Brown like things. Like, didn't they always like? I don't know before they were bought by Hostess or something, because I remember they used to have like Charlie Brown stuff always on the or peanuts or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know? mm. I always for some reason I always associate zingers with like the peanuts playing baseball or something. So now whenever I read an old comic and see, like, a hostess ad, I'm going to be a little sad. Yeah, I'm kind of sad about that. I like those old hostess ads where it's like... So, like when uh, Red Skull steals the Cosmic Cube and Cap replaces it with a Twinkie, like, what's he going to do now? Because Twinkies yeah, aren't real. I know, when, yeah, when aliens, like a, or a hostess fruit when, pie when or something. When aliens come to invade Earth and Superman does not have Twinkies to pawn off on them, <laughs> We're all going to be dead, okay? So, oh well. So yeah, that's that's the podcast. So. Oh, <laughs> the rest oh, of this yeah. podcast will just be Derek <laughs> eating oh, one of those. Yeah. Zingers are good. End of podcast. Iron Man, and, you know, Iron Man's cool too, but zingers are pretty cool as well. Hey, send in some emails whether you think it's extremist or extremist. Yeah, let us know. Mark Eight or whatever I'm eating right now. Little known, little known fact in the original script for *A Fear Itself*, Tony was gonna eat a whole bunch of zingers instead of getting drunk. But instead of getting drunk, <laughs> he's just gonna binge on zingers. He's like, Odin, you made me do it. Made me and Odin would have been like, Odin would have been like, never have I glimpsed a mortal eat so many zingers in one sitting. <laughs> And then, and then the devastating follow-up would have been that little dwarf like getting Tony back into shape. No, the dwarf's like, "How do you do it, man? How do you stop eating them zingers?" He's like, "One day at a time, dwarf. One day at a time."